Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Dougie P today is remotely in Studio J. He jumps on with Chris to talk the Jags' upcoming playoff biz, Trevor Lawrence's development, the similarities with the 2017 Eagles, Jacksonville's veteran leadership, and a little Haagen-Dazs ice cream. After Doug, it is Chris and Kyle time. We are talking NFL head coaching vacancies, which ones are the best, which are going to be hard to sell to potential head coaching candidates. And ahead of the 2023 wildcard weekend, we take a look back at some of the best wildcard weekend games. And finally, on the end, you all answered the call and submitted some wonderful mailbag questions. Chris and Kyle run through them. Y'all please enjoy today's show. It is playoff time, uh, and I cannot wait for one game in particular. Jags Chargers, Saturday night. Um, I'm excited about this game. I'm excited about it for a number of reasons, but uh, my former head coach, Doug Peterson, uh, has done a masterful job in Jacksonville turning that team around. You know, I think a lot about, you know, our time in Philly. And I remember in 2018, we were coming off the Super Bowl. We we struggled. Uh, we weren't real good. We were four and six. We turned it around. Great coaches can can um, kind of learn their roster. Uh, they can give guys goals. They can they can kind of redirect players. They can change the scheme. Uh, and teams improve over the course of the season if you have a really good coach. You saw that with Mike Tomlin this year, for instance. Uh, there's been a few teams that that started slow and finished hot, and the Jags are one of those teams. If you look at the second half of their season, uh, they beat a number of quality football teams. Um, they, they beat three playoff teams this year, which is actually higher on the list than you would think. There's not many teams that have beaten multiple playoff teams this year. Um, they finished strong. They beat Tennessee last Saturday night in a game where, you know, a lot of people are looking at Jacksonville and they're saying, ah, that wasn't that impressive of a win, but you saw what Mike Vrabel did in Kansas City with Malik Willis as the quarterback. He did it again with Josh Dobbs. He muddies it up. He makes it difficult uh, on the opponent, and the Jags found a way through that and into the playoffs. And so I uh, hit up my former coach, Doug Peterson, and I asked, do you have 10, 15 minutes for me on Tuesday? 
uh, between all the stuff that he's doing, getting ready to play a, play, a playoff game. And uh, he came back to us and said, yeah, I got some time for y'all before I had to practice. Uh, so we got about 10 minutes with Doug. Uh, we touched on a, a couple of uh, hot topics, one of them being Trevor Lawrence. He's also broken the news uh, on what the Jaguars will wear this weekend uh, when it comes to their, their wild card playoff game against the Chargers. Kyle, what would you wear? If I were to picture Trevor Lawrence in the wild card, it would be in the all black. You know what I mean? Me too. We'll see what Doug says. Right. And Kyle all will black be looks yeah. Sweet. All black looks great. And 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 Kyle will be back with us in about ten minutes. Uh, we got a packed show for you. We're going to go through our favorite wild card memories uh, since two thousand. There have been a lot of them when you went through them. Some of the biggest best memories in pro football occurred wild card weekend. Um, the last two years, not as competitive, average of 17 points per game uh, in, 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 in uh, final score difference between the wild card teams playing since they expanded. So not great, hoping for closer ball games this week. But you know, if, if, if you monitor the Tua situation, the Lamar situation, you could have two double-digit lines going into this weekend, which is not good for the NFL. I'm hoping it's a tighter uh, a more tightly contested weekend, um, but we'll talk about that after Doug. And then we've got some mailbag, uh, as well as we'll, we'll talk about the the most and least attractive head coaching destinations, looking at the vacancies going into 2023. So stick around after Doug, uh, and here's my old coach. All right, Doug Peterson here, my old coach. Uh, I know I'm excited, and I'm not surprised. I mean, I... When there's a young team and a rebuild starts, you think the time, you know, the clock might be a little bit longer on getting things going in the direction that you needed to go. But Dougie P got these boys rolling. They 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 reeled <laughs> off a bunch of wins straight. Uh, Coach, how you doing? Hey, Chris, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on today. And you know, um, I, I'll just take you back real quick when I took this job, and then back in February, almost a year ago, you know, looking at the roster and looking at the team. You know, in, in the bottom, I guess in the back of your mind, you thought you would be in this situation, maybe competing, you know, in your division and everything. But, you know, we had that five-game skid there in the month of October that that wasn't good. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're sitting there at two and six, and then you're sitting there at three and seven, and you're thinking, you know, your season's about done. But I'll tell you this. I mean, it's much like – you, you remember our days in, in Philly, we won that championship, you know, the guys just rallied around each other and, and uh, just kind of picked each other up. And that's, that's what I've seen here in the last month and a half, seven, eight ball games, you know, and, and uh, we've been able to pull out some, some really good, you know, some good wins and, and put us, uh, put ourselves in a position for this wildcard game. Well, yeah. I mean, and in October, they were all one score games, which, I mean, you don't take any consolation. You're not like, Hey guys, we're close, but you know that that's the reality. It's that it's that close, and a five game skid could be a five game winning streak. And y'all found a way to win these games. We were just talking before you, we we turned it on. Like Saturday night was all about finding a way to win, being creative. What's it like playing a Mike Vrabel team that you know is scrappy? No matter who's the quarterback, no matter who's hurt, they find a way to muddy it up. How do you get your guys prepared for that game Saturday? You know, and that you just you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, you play a Mike Vrabel team. One, they're going to be they're going to be well coached. They're going to be well disciplined, and they're going to be physical. You know, yeah. he, he's a former defensive guy. You know, and he's going to have those guys charged up and riled up, and and they were, and, yeah. and rightfully so, because they were playing for the same things that we were playing for: win and you know, win and you're in. And you know, so I was I was 
talking to my team about the same thing. This is this is what you can expect. And and I thought our guys, you know, handled that extremely well. The offense wasn't quite as sharp as we'd like to be, and we got some things to clean up this week. But I thought defensively, you know, kept us in that football game. Some key turnovers, or some I should say, some takeaways. You know, the the obviously the biggest one was the the Josh Allen scoop and scoop and score on the fumble, um, you know, late in the fourth quarter. But um, when you're playing a Tennessee team like that, I mean, that, that's what it's going to take. It's not going to be high scoring. Uh, it's going to be physical, and uh, it's the one who can who can outlast. Uh, I think at the end it's going to win. Yeah, um, you know, you're going into the playoffs. You're playing the Chargers, and you know, you guys beat them 38 to 10. But I, I was looking at that score, and I was thinking back to 2018. Remember, we played the Saints, and they kicked our asses in New Orleans, and then we went went up and played them in the playoffs, and we got after them for a while. Some things didn't go our way. Uh, we lost that playoff game. But I wonder if if that makes sense when you think about a parallel is like guys like a hundred days ago is a hundred days ago, like things change. This is going to be a battle. And what playoff advice do you give guys? Cause a lot of your, your, your dudes have never been there and they're younger. There were a lot of young guys on our Philly team. Um, but what kind of playoff advice do you give to these guys? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Chris. I mean, you know, that's a long time ago that we played these guys and, uh, they're a different football team. There's a few new faces on their roster. We have a few new faces, you know, this late in the season, obviously. And I'll say this, that, you know, you know, the, the chargers have been in this situation before they've coach Staley has, has had these guys prepared the last couple of seasons. And, uh, you know, they got a quarterback with some experience down the stretch here. And, and uh, you know, I've got, I've got a bunch of young guys, but sometimes some, sometimes Chris, what our guys don't know, they don't know. And, and that can be a positive, you know, and, and they just go out and play and play hard and play with one another. And, you know, it's my job to make sure that there is a sense of urgency with this group, you know, that there's an attention to detail as we practice and as we, uh, we prepare, they got to take care of their bodies. Obviously they got to take care of the little things on and off the football field. And those are just reminders that I can give this team. And, and, and honestly, we have a couple of guys you know, we have a Darius Williams on our roster who won a championship with the Rams. Oh, and so, yeah, he had a hell of you know, a role there. Yeah, and so I can I can lean on him this week, and I will, and and uh, get those guys to maybe talk to the team like we did in uh, you know in Philly, and and uh, just put a little perspective on on where we are and what we can accomplish. Your veteran leaders, I know that there's maybe not as many, but who are those guys on your team? You know, you look at Roy Robertson, uh, Harris on defense. You look at Brandon Sheriff on offense. That's right. Um, you know, I look at um, you know Tyler Shatley is a is a guard for us. Been here nine years. You know, Rayshon Jenkins has been here a couple of seasons now. Um, you know, and, and Josh Allen has been has been here our outside linebacker. And you know, Foye Olakun's only been here a year, but he's got some experience in this league. And but but yet you know, these guys, these are the ones I'm going to have to you know lean on. And even though they may be haven't been to the postseason or or maybe with other teams they've been there um they're the ones that i have to count on to to really inspire the rest of the group and and um you know get them going for the week and josh allen has played some really good ball when it's counted that guy has been clutch i texted you earlier this season about him i love his game how important has it been you know to see after you guys lost to denver trevor said hey enough is enough and it was almost like he said it and and that's what it was um what has changed for Trevor and how excited have you been watching his maturation and that process with him? 
Yeah, you know what? He's he's really that that game bothered him, and, and it bothered I think our our team um, at the time. You know, we felt like we were in a good position, probably had a chance to win that game, but yeah. you know we didn't. And and you know it bothered it, it bothered me obviously. You know the, the the trip back, and I know it bothered our quarterback, and he. He took it to heart because he came out the next week and and I believe we had the Raiders at home the next week and we got down 17 to nothing in that football game thinking that okay this might be the 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 real turning point to our season yeah. like this might be the end but you know he 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 led us back and and put the team on his back and we can you know continue to trust each other and you know we we got the victory at that at that point and that kind of kind of turned our season a little bit you know at that at that particular time but you know, it's the way he's really embraced it. Um, you know, he's put a lot more on on his plate from the standpoint of preparation and just leading our guys. And and um, it's really good to see from a young player, only a second year player, who, you know, in my opinion, has had almost a wealth of NFL experience in two years with everything he went through last year and and of course this year. But he's in a great place. It's fun to watch him, and uh, he's still learning and growing. Last question. Uh, it's a two-parter. I know you got to get to practice. Number one, who is your ice cream guy? Who likes Haagen-Dazs more than anybody? I used to cut the line. I used to stand next to the door. He used to call me out. You'd be at the I know, front. I know. He'd be talking to the team Saturday night. He'd be like, see, long, I see you there by the door. But Ken Flagel was right next to me. He was trying to race me to the Haagen-Dazs. Who's your Haagen-Dazs fanatic uh, th- this year? I tell you what, uh, C.J. Beathard, our backup quarterback, might uh, might be the one that gets gets the line, uh, gets the line early, and Good. then obviously our GM Trent Balky. Trent Balky is another one that likes to cut the line with that ice cream. Good. So Good those man. two guys, they they beat me, they beat me to the punch. Good man. And then last one, I, I you guys got you know we used to bust your balls and ask, hey, what are we wearing this weekend, coach? Are we wearing green? Are we wearing you know whatever it was? Uh, what color unis are we wearing this weekend? We're I want to put a, a a bid in. Uh, a vote in on all black. You guys just look so damn good in all black. What's it going to be this weekend, coach? It might be the uh, it might be the teal jerseys with the white pants. Which, uh, I really I really like our teal at home. It's a yeah. great. Uh, it was a great atmosphere last Saturday night with all the towels and yeah. you know everything in the stadium. So yeah, um, yeah. teal right. teal jerseys, white pants look pretty sweet. Out of baby, we'll go get them, coach. Man, you're doing great, and I'm so proud of you, man. We're all 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 us former Eagles are texting about it. We're like, look at our guy, and uh, and the lettuce looks great in that climate, man. Right there, you, right yeah, there. You moisturized the whole thing. Yeah, so the humidity. Down here in Florida, does, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Doug. Well, good luck this weekend, man. It's great to see you. Hey, good to see you too. Appreciate it. Thanks, all right, brother. All right, Kyle, I watched some college football last night. Did you watch the Georgia game at all? Oh, my gosh. What a route. Holy shit. Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac had TCU. What comes up must go down. Yeah, thank God for the Astros, I guess, in his Yeah, case. exactly. So, and the furniture. But, yeah, like, uh, Georgia's just, it's it's not it's not interesting. It's like a different team assumes this this role of, um, ruining the college football playoffs every year. It was Bama, now it's Georgia. Uh, David Pollock had a moment last night uh, in the in the broadcast where he turned to Nick Saban and was talking to the other people on the on the um, on the show, and he said uh, Georgia's just kind of taking over college football. They're assuming that role now. And Nick didn't look too. Uh, he didn't look too excited about that, statement. that, or he was a little bit motivated. By he was a, see, yeah, he was a little bit motivated, and so uh, 25, 26 year old Stetson Bennett gets uh, another title. Uh, and now he can go work uh, on Wall Street or something, or maybe back up uh, a quarterback in the NFL. 
there's also a number of of uh, prospective draft picks for Georgia. You got to keep an eye on. Last year, they lost five guys in the first round of the NFL draft. Number one picks could be a Georgia guy. You never know. Stetson could back up a guy who's younger than him in the NFL. That's well, he will. Yeah, he will. Yeah, that's interesting. If you just look at the the youth at quarterback, I mean. I could see, you know, you could see him going to any number of teams. Yeah, no question. With a young quarterback. Uh, but but Georgia has closed the 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 book on on college football this year. We will talk more to Stanford Steve about that victory uh, and about the landscape going into 2023. Uh, but needless to say, the dance floor is cleared for as you reminded me, Kyle, Super Wildcard Weekend, not Wildcard Weekend, Super. Super wildcard weekend because it is super. You know, the, all these regular season games are amazing, but this is these are super games. These are super games, Kyle. Um, so we'll give out our our favorite uh, wildcard moments uh, over the last 22, 23 years in a moment. But um, as promised, I figured we'd start the show talking about uh, these head coaching vacancies. First off, uh, I did go last night bowling. Uh, I went to, uh, as we call it, Kegler's. Now it's called Bolero. Um, oh, it's yeah. still Kegler's. In my yeah, mind. they've gentrified Kegler's. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed my time. I bowled one game. My arm started to hurt. That was it. Where in the arm? Shoulder, elbow, hand? Rhomboid. Where's the rhomboid? Rhomboid is a complicated little muscle in your back. Uh, that, you know, my shoulder, once my trap and my shoulders start to go, then uh, the rhomboid locks up, and it's it's no bueno for your boy for uh, sometimes days on end. So um, I, I bowed out respectfully after I bowled 104, uh, which I think we were discussing what the Mendoza line is for being a shitty bowler. One triple digits, because you get 10 frames, right? You yeah. get 10 opportunities to knock down 10 pins with two throws. I still don't understand the scoring. You know, you get a strike. You and get extra turns if you get a strike. Yes, um, at the end of On the, the ass end. Yes. The, the following frame, you get double the I don't points know how if many it's a strike 1.5 times if it's a spare. That's right. Is it a code break to not wear bowling shoes at the bowling alley? Absolutely. Yes. Really? Yeah. I don't 100%. think so. Well, wear whatever socks. you want. You're not going to wear fucking boots at the basketball I, court. But you how could much? if you want to. Yeah, if you want to be an asshole. Oh. <laughs> well, I was an asshole last night, Kyle. <laughs> I, yeah, I would expect nothing. Because it was a long way to the desk to go oh. get a pair of clown shoes. And with uh, that rhomboid. Yeah, my rhomboid was out. Uh, there were other people at the bowling alley without the bowling shoes on. I can't Can imagine Macon wearing shoes that somebody else has worn. No, no. Macon did not wear bowling shoes. And Macon actually won the match. He, he bowled a 146 and Dang. beat everyone. Wow. Gave him an opportunity to, to get in on the pot of a $20 a player. Uh, and he passed on the opportunity and then won the game. Was there anybody trying to spin it? No, not really on our team or in, in our the group. People who can spin it are really impressive. They're really impressive. It's like in golf, if you can make it go to one direction every time, you eliminate the other side of the playing field. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so I do that all the time in golf. You cut the, I can spin it. Cut I'm a big hooker in golf. I like to hit, it. Said he can spin I hit it. it to the left. Uh, oh, Kingston, can yeah. you can swing the golf clubs? Oh no! But or you can you can you bowl? bowling ball. I can make it spin like, like, like right to like left. You can. Lawrence, or do you spin it like Patrick like Mahomes. like Baker Mayfield? Pete Weber. Pete Weber. He's spinning it like uh, like Skylar Thompson. Who do you think you are? I am. I am. No, Macon says he's never bowled before, and he bowled a one forty six. He's one of those I've never. Yeah, and you know that's that's his whole shtick. When we used to play like FIFA, and we'd be up at two in the morning betting like all types of stuff. 
drunk when we got home from the bar, his move used to be like, I, w what are the buttons? I don't remember the buttons. <laughs> so he did the same thing with bowling last night, that sandbagging son of a bitch. He didn't know how to put his fingers in the holes. So. Yeah, he was like, oh, what do I do with these? Like he, So anyways, uh, he bowled a 146. Congratulations, Macon. Go, Macon. Uh, and, I, and I got to hit an Outback Steakhouse after uh, nice. old Bolero closed. Hadn't been to Outback Steakhouse in a while. Saw somebody delete an entire Bloomin' Onion oh, yeah. right next to me. 40-year-old man at 10.30 oh. at night eating a Bloomin' Onion. Um, so eating the Bloomin' Onion without silverware because obviously you eat Bloomin' Onions. It's a finger hands. food. It's a finger food. And you've food. been in a bowling alley all yep, night. Yep, yep, yep. And yeah, no, exactly. Nobody washed their I did hands. not see him wash his hands. Oh. Nobody washed their hands. I did not see anybody, but actually I'm the only one I think that washed their hands. It doesn't happen. Well, dudes, dudes, they're they got they're three fingers deep in a extra large fourteen pounder. See, this is the and then and then next thing you know, you're at Outback Steakhouse fingering a, 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 a you know a blooming onion. And you got to think about how many people were fingering a blooming onion prior to arriving in Outback. So really, it's just the cycle of like crumbs in a hole. Of being how do you mean? Out. Well, people aren't going there hungry, you know. People are have eaten throughout the day, didn't wash their hands. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This was a stuff all this day. was a second dinner for us. Not only just the bowling alley you're carrying into Outback, but the rest of your day. So Outback Steakhouse is uh, is a staple. It still is. I just wanted to report back. I hadn't been in years. Um, but you, that that's you it. order a Fosters when you go. I love the Fosters. I know they don't drink it in Australia, but I love a Fosters. They bring it in an icy mug. They bring it in a cold mug. I, uh, not a nice, not an icy mug. I need, but I need ice frosty. I need a frosty mug too. Frosty mug, and uh, the the wings are great. The whole thing. This is turning into an ad for for Outback Steakhouse, and they don't currently sponsor this podcast, so we're gonna get on with it. The best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meat, a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there, and the, and the best play to make on a Sunday is a nice cold Miller Lite and a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original, and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays, I gave you the, the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice-cold Miller Lite uh, at, at, at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and i got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet, heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com slash greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Um, okay, so top coaching destinations. 
you know, we've got five spots that um, that have vacancies right now. Give it to us. Well, we've got Carolina, we've got Indy, we've got Houston, we've got Arizona, we've got um, Denver, Reed's God's team. Um, and then, you know, I, I think Sean McVay is done. I think he's retiring. Um, I think there's way too much smoke. I don't think this is an Aaron Rodgers boy who cried wolf thing. Sean McVay, I think Kyle, he's just, I, I think guys are burnt out now. I, I, I think, I think it's probably harder to be a head coach now than it was. Um, I think the hours are crazy. I think the media will pick you apart, even if you're in a market like LA where they don't care as much about football. It's still LA. Um, I think he's had the successes that he set out to have. I also think sometimes we look at a, you know, a guy like Sean McVay and you're like, you've only been a head coach for a few years. You're young, but look at how long those guys have to work to get to where they are. Um, and so, you know, all that emotional baggage, all that, you know, that time away probably adds up. And now coaches are making so much money that, you know, he can walk away off one nut, off one nut. And then uh, on top of that, um, this this coach to the booth thing is a well-beaten path. Coach to the booth back to coaching is what I think. That's the Gruden thing. You got to go and get your air. You got to come up for air every once in a while. Yeah. Point. Yeah. And I think we could see this more. I wish players did this more often. Well, the problem is you can't you can't lose three years of your prime. No, not three, but I mean, you know, guys could take a year off. Take a year travel. off if you play for the Houston Texans next year. You're like, yeah, I think I'll go work for CBS. Um, Brandon Cooks is coming for your job, Kyle. For coaching destinations, I think Arizona might be interesting because I, I say this because I read that Kyler Murray will have input on the coaching. Yep. Search. So that is interesting. So. If you're going there, at least you know that your guy has vouched for you. You know, like, you know. Yeah. You're not coming there with a bunch of promises, but No, you know what? That's 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 a good point, Kyle. Like if the if if the QB has a hand in 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 selecting the coach, you're at least going to be um I don't know, well liked by the QB in the beginning. Yeah. But you see that stuff go south pretty quick. Uh, pretty often. I mean, like it never um, works. Yeah. Well, when a player picks the well, Russell Wilson and um, Nathaniel Hackett. I thought when they were talking about Nathaniel Hackett in the beginning, it was like a, you know, it was a play to to bring Aaron to Denver. Well, they ended up with Russ. Him and Russ were like buddies. I think I don't right. know. I might be making yeah, that. It sounds up. right. I don't know. I tried to forget <laughs> the season. Yeah, you're trying to forget the season, but um, yeah, I. We're trying to remember the season. I'm trying to. Well, no, I, it, some of the stuff was unforgettable. I, uh, I do think that stuff is superficial. The hey, the coach and the player get along because when the shit hits the fan, winning and production kind of sets a tone in that relationship. But I do. I, that is a. That's an advantage. Another kind of undercover advantage for like a Carolina is. I feel like Carolina is the top destination. Because of some of the problems at these other places, with whether it's cap or a trade for Russell Wilson or what have you, uh, if you're the coach that gets the Carolina job, that's probably the first the first pick for most coaches. Um, you're going to have a longer leash. You're probably a high profile guy. Say it's you know Sean Payton. Sean Payton's going to have a longer leash in a division that's in shambles. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay doesn't have a great cap situation. They're not going to have a quarterback. Same thing with New Orleans. Uh, Atlanta's in a rebuild. Um, so I think that makes it the best destination. You have four picks in the top 100. You have a top 10 pick. You have a neutral owner. I don't I don't 
David Tepper doesn't have one of these reputations. You know, usually an owner that you, you don't know much about is uh, is probably better than the guy you hear talking all the yes. time, whether it's Jerry Jones or Jim Ursay or somebody that's, you know, that's been a bear to deal with. Um, he did have the blip with the um, Rock Hill mm-hmm. uh, facility yes. uh, that they tried to build, but yes. it se- he seems... Uh, like a pretty good owner to work for. Well, that's a good thing, right? Because that was supposed to be an in- indoor facility, and we'll yeah, get to the Bears' exactly. re- renderings now, in a bit. I would put Carolina one, um, Indy and Houston. It's it's closer than you think because on one hand, Indy has a top QB pick. You know, they could definitely draft a quarterback in the top ten. You've got a running back. You got receivers to build around in Pierce and Pittman. You know, and I like their tight ends. Honestly, speaking of our, our guy from Virginia, Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods, and Matt Ryan could remember, and uh, and Mo, Mo Alleycox. Um, you know, they they have weapons. Like low key, there are some guys there. Um, you, you have to work on the offensive line. Uh, your quarterbacks were under siege this year, um, and you have a solid draft and cap situation. Solid. I mean, you got to see what happens with with Matt Ryan. And it'll be interesting to see like the mechanics of how Matt Ryan tries to keep that money that they'll owe him. I mean, if he retires, no money owed, right? right. Do you guys have any concern about going in and working with Chris Ballard, who hasn't had a lot of success the past few well, years? Well, there's that, and there's Jim Ursay. It's kind of a, it's kind of an icky vibe I, I, there. I wouldn't go to Indianapolis just because you feel like you're somebody else's do boy. Like you said, Ursay is involved. Ballard makes decisions, and then Ballard gets trumped by Ursay. Yep. And then you're sitting there wearing the shit on your face. Well, I wonder like how high profile a guy it would have to be to feel like the big man in the room in Indy, because you know, like Jim's personality is so big. Yeah. Chris Ballard survived this. It would need like, to be like a Sean type. Yeah, it would have to be like that. Now Houston, I'm. I mean, same division here, right? So there's two two. Two teams in the AFC South looking for coaches. There's one one team, and you're chewing on one of the the things that's attached to the microphone now. Uh, <laughs> why not? Why not? So, um, <laughs> uh, two coaches in that division um, are out of jobs. You've got J- the Jags who are ascending. You have the Titans who are descending, mm. um, but Plumbing, still, I would like, say. yeah, but a, but a high floor on that team. Yeah. Um, Houston, they've got two top 15 picks. You got five in the top 80. You have 12 total in the draft coming up. You have 50 million cap space. You have the number two pick, which, you know, how you got here is fucking, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But um, maybe the Bears draft a position player one. Maybe they fall in love with Will Anderson. I doubt it. I think they're going to recoup a bunch of picks for the first pick. But maybe Houston. They need an edge rusher. They need a game-changing edge rusher or an interior guy. Yep. Guy from Georgia. Guy from Georgia. Maybe maybe Houston is, is not in love with Bryce Young which would render this whole situation possibly a moot point. Like maybe somebody's trading up to, to snag Bryce Young and they like Stroud. Um, you have Stingley and Pierce, young guys who, who made some noise this year. Uh, and, and nobody expects anything. The only thing is like you have to have self-awareness, I feel like, when you go into interview for the Texans job because if you're not like a high-profile guy, you might be another one-year rental. It's just how they're do you, doing. Why would you, right you think now? they I mean, would do a third guy for one? Like it would look so bad organizationally if you had I don't three think they one care. I don't think they care. I do think they're probably going to go try to hire a guy now 
they're in position to do what they set out to do, um, however you feel about it. But Houston and Indy, I mean, either one. I, I, I don't know. They're very different situations. Arizona, you mentioned it. Five picks in the top 100. You have a solid cap situation. One thing to watch there is who's going to be hired first, the GM or the head coach, because that often uh, signals who's going to who's going to make the decisions hierarchical. How do I say that? hierarchically? Hierarchical. Goddamn, that's a tough hierarchically? word. Hierarchically. Hierarchically. There's a reason we don't say that word much. It's a tough word. Hierarchy. But Ian Yates Cun- Cunningham, our guy uh, who's working under Ryan Poles in Chicago has an opportunity at that job. I know his name's been mentioned there. Good for him. Yeah, uh, his name's also been mentioned in Tennessee. I think he's going to be a great GM one day. Peyton Manning went I don't know if you can trade head coach. Well, I know that Peyton, they want Peyton back in the building, which they need I, to Robert have Mathis be the coach claimed. Slash GM. This was interesting. Robert Mathis claimed in uh, when we interviewed him in Vegas that um, one of the angles of bringing Jeff Saturday back in was to try to get Peyton to come home, you know? But <laughs> Fucking bait in the water. Because he gets so mad when Saturday calls the plays. Yes. Yeah, oh. exactly. On the sideline. And now, watching on TV, he's like, Jeff, <laughs> you fucking go sit down, Jeff. He's yeah. calling fucking plays. He's calling plays! Uh, and then, lastly, and I honestly think this could all be flipped on his head. The Rams, that's probably a vacancy. They've got no quarterback. Well, they have Matt Stafford, but I don't know if he's going to come back to facilitate a rebuild or be a bridge. Um, they have bottom five cap space. Um, you know, you, you've got some really good players that you could trade. Deal. You could move. You Deal. could move Aaron Donald. We, I've said this for months now. Move Aaron Donald. Recoup maybe multiple ones for, for Jalen Ramsey. Same thing, a bunch of picks for Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald has a no-trade clause, so he might want to go to a contender. He definitely wants to go to a contender, I'm sure, uh, if he were open to it. I mean, I think a home coming to Pittsburgh would be awesome. I think with, with the uncertainty uh, of the Fletcher Cox situation, I think Philly could be fun. Mm-hmm. I don't see him as a Dallas guy, uh, but you never know. Uh, I don't see him going to Minnesota, but you never know. Um I don't see him going to Seattle because that's you know I don't see them really trading Chicago. him in division. Uh, but those are some names that kind of came up as I was jotting things down. Chicago, you're joining another rebuild, and I don't think Aaron Donald at that age. They're going to be so hot in two years. Yeah, they might be. And who knows if he's over it? He might be over it, but you know, like you know, who's hot right now? The Philadelphia Eagles. You know, the the Steelers could be hot next year. Imagine yeah. that D line with Hayward, Watt. Donald and Highsmith, that'd be the best D-line in the league. It'd be disgusting, quite frankly. And then Ramsey, he does not have a no-trade clause, I believe. And Houston and Chicago has a ton of picks. Uh, the, the Giants need corner help. Kansas City could use it. You never want to rule Philly out of any trade discussion. Um, Buffalo and the Chargers could use corners. I know that they've been trying to address um, you know, issues there. So when you look at the Rams... Sure, you could rank them five or six, uh, but if you have a coach that has the assurances and the clout that like, hey, this year doesn't count, you're going to collect a big check, we're going to trot a bridge out there, we are going to suck so much ass. <laughs> we will suck, but we're going to suck ass together. We're going to do this as a group. And then next year... Human centipedes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And then next year, uh, we're going to draft a Caleb Williams and he's going to stay home in L.A., and we're gonna we're we're gonna roll because we're gonna have all these picks now. We're gonna go from having no picks to 
to some capital uh, as a result of moving some of these pieces, and we can start over. So I think the Rams, you look at that and you look at Indy, you know, Les Need is a really good GM, love Les, Stan Kroenke, uh, but you know, you look at Indy and you look at at the Rams. You you want to live in in Indianapolis, or do you want to live in in you know in Brentwood? Uh, some coaches might think, hey, I'll I'll take the money in L.A. and and sit through tanking for a year, and and all of a sudden in a year this this vacancy might have a bunch of draft capital to play mm-hmm. with. So I don't know. I don't know if trading Ramsey and 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 Donald or even one of the two would even get them back to equilibrium. I think trading both of them would put them above net neutral, actually. And that's and that's how this process has to go. You know, if you if you're gonna say fuck them picks, there has to be a, a scenario then when you recoup them, and you, you know once the once the mushroom cloud starts, you gotta sell sell high on some of these players. And so I think it's interesting uh, trying to consider who might be uh, a candidate for these jobs and and who would be attracted to some of them, like the Rams. Uh, the and they, they already won, right? I mean, they won the Super Bowl. Yep. That, yep. that trophy's not leaving anybody's house. It's no, not coming off of Aaron of Donald's Hall of Fame resume. But like you said, it's part of the fucking... It's part of the deal. Arizona, I would think, wants an offensive coach. You know, the, the objective is to fix the offense and to make, and to make uh, Kyler Murray uh, run an NFL offense. What they were running under Cliff was not an NFL offense. They were running this fucking... Some derivative of air raid where... Kyler had to do a million things, like simplify things, reel him in, get him to work. Um, Houston, I would, I, I would think you probably, you, you're probably um, agnostic on which side of the ball you go with. Carolina, I just feel like it's, it's, it, it, it's offense, but a lot of times um, teams go opposite. So like, hey, they just fired Matt Rule. Well, now we might want a taste of a defensive head yeah, coach. D'Amico. You know, Indy, um, we had Frank Reich. Um, maybe we go with a defensive head coach. And you might see Frank Reich or one of these coordinators pop up in Arizona or something like that, especially uh, if, if, uh, if, if you, 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 you line up a defensive head coach. Houston, as I said, could go either way. Indy could probably go either way. Is it I, a bad sign that you haven't mentioned the Broncos yet? The Broncos, yeah, it is a bad sign that I haven't mentioned the Broncos yet. I wanted to give Reed that breakdown, but the Broncos, it all hinges on what you think about if you can fix Russell Wilson, whatever's broken with him, man, because um, a year ago, this seemed like a slam dunk mm-hmm. to a lot of people. It, it seems scary. They seem like Super Bowl contenders. One Everybody's thing that's, AFC West rankings were yes. so drastically different at the and, beginning of the year. And look, and look at it. I mean, the receivers have, have supported Russ through through late in the season, like some of the tweets, some of the comments have been, hey, this is our guy. He's the future for us. Um, you know, despite the frustration, despite the losing, I still think there's there's some sort of kind of optimism there in a, in a strange way because I just think Nathaniel Hackett was such a whiff um, and he'll probably end up back in Green Bay collecting a nice check or oh, maybe coaching Jordan Love. Uh, <laughs> Or maybe he goes with Aaron Rodgers somewhere, you know. Um, but he could use a nice spiritual journey. But I think Denver, Denver's positive when you look at it is that they have an owner that can pay you a fuck ton of money. And, New and, 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 and they, sunshine. And what? Yeah, three hundred days of sunshine. And they could also all your plane rides go straight down. Yep. Dallas is a job here that we're not talking about. But I know Jerry Jones said the wild card will not. 
impact how we evaluate Mike McCarthy, but he also said uh, in the finer print that like we're evaluating a lot more than the wild card round. So it's not like he's saying like Mike McCarthy's job's safe. You never know. Well, and if you know you're going to lose Dan Quinn, which it seems like they would. Like. Dan Quinn is a Denver is a Denver pick for me. You know, I, I think bringing in a defensive head coach, working with the the you know the talent you already have on defense. Randy Gregory's there. Randy Gregory, a bunch of guys I really like. Browning. You've got the safeties, a hell of a player. Justin Simmons. You've got the young linebacker, uh, the the rookie rusher. Uh, Benito. Benito. And, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's Browning. there's there's a lot of pieces on defense there. As you mentioned, you you might want to try to retain the DC. Uh, but if Ivero. a DC comes in, maybe Avero's somewhere else. Right. Um, I, I think Dan Quinn's a. And another thing you can do with a rich owner is you can convert instead of paying salary, you can go bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of play with the cap a little bit more that way. So. And you can hire a staff. I understand. You can hire. Yep. You can hire a staff. You can pay the fuck out of a staff. So Denver's a wild card to me, you know. But I think the most attractive job is probably Carolina on paper. Followed by Houston uh, or Indy, um, and you know, like you can throw Denver. If you're in love with Russell Wilson, you just feel like, hey, I know what the problem was last year. Like, there's some coach sitting at home, like I've been watching Denver all year, and so. and I can fix this. This is easy. Yeah. So uh, if that's the case, Denver could shoot to number one. You know, because who wouldn't want to live in Denver? That's Coach God's hubris. team. Mm-hmm. And that is the bane of a lot of the coaches' existence. Yeah, hubris. Hubris. Okay, so that's sufficient on, on, on the coaching vacancies. I know uh, Monday was uh, the day where a lot of them got axed, Cliff Kingsbury included. Also good on the Cardinals. You know, like Steve Kime takes a leave of absence for his health. Um, you know, the, uh, we're, we're thinking about Steve, and I hope he's, he's okay. But more than anything, what this does is it gives them an opportunity for a clean break, uh, even though they just extended these guys through like 2027. You know, it, it gives you an opportunity to bring a guy in who's not like maybe I don't want to work with Steve Kime. Like it's a it's a blank slate, uh, and it shows commitment to winning. You know, you're not going to just sit there and ride out these contracts. Cash App, the easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies and my custom Cash App card. We head out to the James River, we pick up some drinks, we pick up some snacks along the way, somebody pays with their custom Cash App card, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money save and invest in stock and bitcoin cash app however does not provide a dry pair of pants you want to remember that when you get off the river try the number one finance app in the app store whether sending spending saving investing splitting tipping donating or gifting that's money and that's cash app download cash app from the app store or google play store today to create your own cash tag wild card weekend super wild card weekend I'm going to give you, ah, man, my top five moments since yeah. 2000 that occurred wildcard weekend. Um, golly, it's tough, man. It is tough. There's been a lot of really great moments. I guess number one for me 
would be uh, I'm gonna take double doink out because you and I are sitting together right now. Terrible, terrible. It was a bad moment because it didn't really amount to anything for us. Heart heartache, just heartache for everyone and hatred. Ashton Kutcher was mad. Yeah, he was in the locker room all or in the the tunnel all mad. Like I met Ashton Kutcher he's a with a huge you. Bears fan. Yeah, but he was like legit mad. He's he's bigger bear fan than me. Yeah, probably um, to this day. And I, I've got, uh, I think number one is probably Tim Tebow, Reed. Yeah. I think it's Tim Tebow. I think it's 80 yards, one play. Off the back foot, Demarius Thomas, rest in peace. Rest in peace. You know, the, the, this was 2011. Um, I remember where I was for this. I was in New Orleans with A.J. Feely. We were at the, uh, the college national championship living it up. This is eons ago. It's 2011 had no responsibilities. I was drunk all day, took a nap, woke up with a hangover during the second half of the Steelers and Broncos game. And Tebow threw for like 300 and something yards on 10 completions, one of them being this 80-yarder in, uh, in overtime. And uh, everybody walked up. It was the first play of overtime. It was the first year that they had the new overtime rules. So you know, like it didn't matter because they scored first walk anyways. But it was a walk off, but it was the first play of overtime, and everybody on the Steelers defense was walked up <laughs> six yards in front of the line of scrimmage. And you know, I just remember it happening and it just being over like that, and the Tebow mania thing just took off. That I remember the and then crashed and burned. Such a huge moment. So I go, I go, Tebow. Oh no! <laughs> Hold on a minute, player. Hold on a minute, player. I have a new number one. I got number one. It's the Beastquake. Yeah. Beastquake 2010, courtesy of the 2010 Rams, seven and nine or whatever we were. Um, we were playing to uh, to go to the playoffs against Charlie Whitehurst, infamously. Um, Charlie Whitehurst beat us um, up in Seattle. So there, there go the Seattle Seahawks to play the Mighty Saints. And because of being a division winner, uh, and the way that goes, they're hosting a playoff game, and the Beast Quake is just one of the most iconic moments in NFL history. So that's number one for me. I'll go Tebow number two. Uh, three, I'll go we want the ball and we're going to score. <laughs> we talked about that earlier with Al Harris. Um, Al Harris picking off Matt Hasselbeck. That was big. I mean, it was when mics were at the center of the field. You could hear what players are talking yep. about. Yeah, it was it was an epic moment. God damn, dude! I, the Music City Miracle. That was mine. That was mine. The Music City Miracles in here. Frank Whitejack. The Music City Miracle. And the thing about the Music City Miracle is it wouldn't count today. It was inconclusive. It wouldn't count today. Uh, apparently, they did have replay at the time, and they didn't they did. overturn it. He went it. under the hood. Isn't that crazy? And he said it was inconclusive. But well, they would overturn it today. Like, they would overturn no, it there's today. No there's way, too the much quality scrutiny. of the replay has gotten better. Quality of the replay, the whole thing. So I'm going to put that number one. I'll put Beastquake number two. I'll put Tebow number three. I'll put We Want the Ball, and we're going to score number four. And then five... Um, I'm gonna go Mariota's comeback nice. in Kansas City. That was that was wild, and and you know there was a, a play in that game where he threw it to himself. He threw it to himself off of somebody and <laughs> scampered in the end zone. Yeah, so I, one through five, I, I'll give you those five well, honorable mentions. A few are, of mine are on there. Yep. I'm gonna go number three will be Hasselbeck. Yeah, number two will be Music City Miracle because. Yes. 
I mean, as a young kid, seeing that play. And it's incredible. Like, oh, my God, did that just happen? One of those I remember where I was when it happened. Um, and things. I'm reading up here on a list of wild card games that um, I may have missed. The one that, that came up that was impressive when I'm looking at the stat line is Arizona 51, Green mm-hmm. Bay 45, yeah. overtime yeah. 2009. <laughs> Carlos Dansby. Over 1,000 yards of offense in a game featured a Packer comeback from 21 points down in the second half. Defensive touchdown won the game in overtime. Carlos, Carlos Dansby returned Aaron Rodgers' fumble for a touchdown in overtime. He, that was, was, he kicked it. Aaron Rodgers tried to kick it out of bounds, and Dansby caught it in midair. Dan. I was I was at Kegler's for that game. Dansby was involved in three to were you? Yeah, I was always I was never with my team because we had always gone home. So I remember where I was for all these, and we weren't Kegler's. <laughs> the game set many records. Ninety six points were the most combined points in a playoff game. A thousand twenty four yards were the most ever. Okay, run. I got one for you. An honorable mention. Two thousand thirteen in the same vein. Chiefs Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Andrew Luck and Alex Smith, two number ones. A thousand yards of total offense in that game. Uh, it was 50, you know, it was 49. 45-44, that was a 28-point comeback. For 28-point comeback for Indy. And just this was the, this was peak uh, Andrew Luck. No doubt. This was like when you Durable. remember Andrew Luck. Durable. I remember this game, and uh, I was in Vegas with Sam, and we were walking At through. Kegler's Vegas. Kegler's <laughs> Vegas. I move around. Uh, and, and watching that in the, in, the, in the sports book was incredible. I also want to mention Kyle Williams going to the playoffs in 2017. They didn't win that game, but it was the week prior where they actually got in. In the locker room. There were tears. There was, there was, you know, it's just now you think about Buffalo, you think about a contender, you know, just how quickly that all changed. But in 2017, they hadn't been in a long time. And, you know, somebody like Kyle uh, had never been. And so seeing him getting in was awesome. I also want to throw in the Blair Walsh missed Mm -hmm. field goals. Now, at the time, I didn't like that very much because that was the Seahawks, and it was just like I felt like the Seahawks got every fucking bounce, whether it was the onside kick against Green Bay, whether it was playing Denver. I, I don't know why I'm well, you know like what? that was a good break for them. They still get every what? bounce. Yeah, they do. Extending to current yeah. Yeah. the Seahawks. Yeah, they do. They do. They get that call at the end of the game. Not that it mattered because they missed the field goal. And all the calls previous throughout that game. All the the call. They get the fail Mary. The ball. They got the fail Mary. Yeah. Oh, Mary. The Seahawks are the luckiest team in the NFL. For 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 serious. Hundred percent. I mean, they they got Geno Smith to play like, you know, Ridiculous. Joe Montana this year. He set all the Seahawks regular season passing records. Yeah, they, they did lose the Super Bowl that they were like ninety nine percent. Sure to win. That's true, well, but that's, that's their, their fault. <laughs> that's karma. That's their fault. Can I get him an honorable mention? You and I hate the Seahawks, yeah. huh? Uh, yeah. 2003, Niners 39, Giants 38. Terrell Owens went nuts after Michael Strahan was talking trash during the game. Yep. Mm. It was probably peak Was T.O. that the Trey Junkin game with the bad snap? Um, oh, I remember what you're talking about. I believe there was a special teams gaffe at the end of that game. You know, I want to mention the boat trip, 2016. That was a great wild card moment. That was the weekend before the wild card weekend. Yeah, um, and this is this is the Giants' first appearance. First since appearance then, since that uh, picture. Bunch of dudes and Tim's on a boat, <clears throat> just hanging out. Were there Tim's? Yeah. Oh, there were Tim's. Not many shirts, but there. Were <laughs> yeah, when you're doing construction, but you want to look sexy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was. Yeah, so it was the Trey Junkin game. So 2016. Uh, the 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 boat thing, which got turned into a big deal, and then they lost their playoff game against Green Bay. I think it was 
Um, I remember sitting in my room and pulling for the Giants so that they'd win so everybody would shut the fuck up about going out on a boat. Because guys do things with their off weekend. Yeah. You know, this was peak OBJ hysteria. Like, everything he did, it just drove white people Great. crazy. Yeah, like they just want to know more It just about drove it. people crazy, dude. Uh, there's something about OBJ. I also want to mention 2015, the Steelers slugfest with the Bengals when A.J. McCarron was, was uh, starting yes. for the Bengals. The only reason I say this, I blame this, 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 uh, this game for getting me among the drunkest I've been in my adult life. It was just such a slobber knocker that I just kept hammering drinks. I was in Virgin Gorda. Uh, with my lovely wife, she was pregnant with Waylon, and I returned to the room that night after going to a um, any bar would do, but I went to the bar that looked the best in, in Virgin Gorda, and thankfully, unlike Eleuthera, they showed the NFL, and I uh, came back to the room that night and pissed in the suitcase uh, in the corner of the room. <laughs> Woke up in the morning, and Meg was so fucking mad. Can't uh, imagine why. <laughs> well, I mean... Is it that big of a deal? I mean, it's my suitcase. Wait, was this uh, end, my, of the ter- end of the trip or beginning of the trip? It was towards the end of the trip. Okay, so we had already worn most of the clothes in the yes. suitcase, right? Yes. I thought it was inconsiderate okay. to be so mad at me. Buddy. It was so inconsiderate to be mad at me because I was so hungover. You know, I set up this really nice trip. Uh, I'm not in the playoffs. I'm sad. I'm watching the Bengals. I'm watching Ryan Shazier just decapitate people. And I got a little drunk. I got a little into it. It was Steelers Bengals, man. It happens. I am but a man. I've peed in some places. Yeah, exactly. What's the weirdest place you've peed? I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, I'm never reminded of it. <laughs> All right, Mark Sanchez a, beating Peyton Manning. That's a good one. That's a great one. That's 2010. It's like how drunk is football? And how great is it that Mark Sanchez always gets I – mean, there's an ad recently, I think, on Peyton's places – Sanchez and Peyton. Yeah. And and Sanchez is actually giving Peyton shit. And yeah. I just I love that so much. You can't take that away from Mark Sanchez. The one the one wild card game I always remember is when uh Romo botched the snap on the field oh, goal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, only remember yeah. it for that one play, but it was yeah. like twenty one twenty Seattle. Two thousand six. That was yeah, to win it, huh? That was like his yeah, first or second There was like season. a minute left. Yeah, I was, I was, 2006. I was in yeah. high school. Yeah, that's why he was still holding the kicks because he had still recently been the backup quarterback, so he was on the that's kick right. hold package. Fourteen. Time is a flat circle, C-T. Kyle. <laughs> well, um, and another thing was Al Harris, who picked <laughs> off uh, Matt Hasselbeck in the aforementioned pick six. We want the ball. We're going to score. Eventually, it was my teammate, and uh, I just wanted to say that because I love Al Harris. And he was old as fuck, dude. <laughs> and he would fall asleep on the fucking bus, and I'd take pictures of him. I would, I would uh, arrange him like he was like, uh, I'd like Photoshop him. And he'd wake up, and I'd send him the picture because he just was so damn old. I mean, I he was like a relic. I was like, damn, you're almost forty, and you can still play. Al Harris was one of the coolest vets of all time. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today.
Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. We're in the mailbag. I just stepped in there. I like that. Just yeah, because it's a different show now. This is my favorite thing to do is the mailbag. That's what you wanted to show up and do like an hour of, but now you gotta go home. Why do you gotta go home? I you know Kid, tell me though. Tell me why you I love go. giving my daughter a bath yeah. and helping her get our, our, our helping my wife get our daughter dressed because that's a fucking wrestling match. Yeah. She's an actual avatar and not like the like the skinny kind, like I'm talking like the shredded fucking ready to do pull ups kind. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I like to be there to help and we read still we read books. We put out three books on the Ottoman after we get her all ready and call her your daughter in and we say Call your daughter. Pick a book. She picks a book and then we read it. Call your daughter. Tell her. Mm-hmm. We're doing a little mailbag. No. Might be seven minutes late. I can't. Seven. That's not how we operate. We give you a raise. No. Seven. That's not how we. Seven dollars a minute. Come on. It's forty nine dollars. We're run, we're burning daylight. Okay. <laughs> it was a valiant. This guy's like Derek Carr. Can't stay for the whole season. Oh my god. <laughs> first things first, Kyle, and I forgot to tell you this out of the Doug Peterson interview, but um, I regret to inform you that the Jaguars are wearing white pants. With teal jerseys. Stop. I know. Oh, no. That's not what we wanted at all. It's not what America wants. <laughs> White pants with teal shirts? Yeah. Looking em- like Emily, an AAU baseball Emily, Rad- Emily Ratajkowski cares. Fuck the Jaguars. No, even Emily Ratajkowski cares. Everyone cares. There's not... I walk down the street, pull 10 people. 10 people would say, we're all black. It's you got a pool in your I stadium. I not to wear. They pointed that. Got a pool in your stadium. It's fucking dark outside. I got questions about that water. Anyways, a little disappointed. It's the only mistake Doug's made all year. How is Doug? He's good. He let us look great. He's yeah. He's he's not the best looking tool in the shed. But what I do you mean, like, Kyle? I feel that like guy's he a good steal. Hard disagree. Chick. He's a fucking dude. When chicks see Doug Peterson, yeah. They think he's a human Labrador retriever. That's what I mean, but hot, though. He's, but hot. No, see, like, Look I at love hair, the Labrador Kyle. retriever thing because everybody loves a lab. Even if they, you know, they got the neck. I don't know, Kyle. Shake, you'd pull my family right neck, now. Shake the neck like this. Yeah. And they love it. Yeah, it's like. I feel what, like you could just do that. That's to what Doug they want to do to Doug. <laughs> Reed, is Doug Peterson hot? Uh. A little you know, gray foxy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know he's a little older, but he has I'll some put him experience. In the John Fox category of do not John Fox. Do not, <laughs> not to be finished. Not to finish. No disrespect to John Let Fox, who's a great man and a great Let coach. Let me finish. Let me finish. John I Fox. put him in the John Fox category of he's way. These two guys are way too smooth. You can't leave them alone with your smooth. smooth yeah, but good. not they're, they're good men. But I'm no, but I mean like. But if you didn't know him, you'd be like, "Damn, they're smart." Look at the way that he turned around the Jaguars. Imagine what he could do, you know? Yeah, guy knows conversation. Guy knows the game. Been around the block. Big. Knows how to clock manage all that stuff. Labrador. We're going to mailbag. All right, shot A. Shot A is the layup line today, Kyle. Yeah, we have uh, a couple shot A songs that we were listening to. We were just coming off of No Ordinary Love. I gave 
it's such a good song. One of the classics. Now, shout Kyle, out to our dad. Not everybody had dads that yeah that that played Sade in the tape deck in the Red Suburban. <laughs> the Red Bourbon. When we were in the Red Suburban, it was Sade. When we were in the boat, it was. Bruce Morrison and Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen yeah. Tunnel of Love. Tunnel of Love. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. My Tunnel of Love. Yeah. I knew that one. Yeah, you know that the one. The boss. But Matt and Rain Reed, Supreme. Matt and Reed didn't know uh Sade. what was the first smooth operator. Smooth operator. They didn't know him. And 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 then I was like, hey, do y'all know Sade? And Matt even said new music I'm not good with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Me neither, dude. <laughs> Learn history. Me used either. to teach history. Sade was not in the curriculum. Sade was, Sade was not in the curriculum. Teacher. Sade should be in the curriculum. Goddamn icon. Show you a picture of Sade now, Sade in the 90s, same picture. If you took Laura Robertson's Afro-American Afro lit and history, then you would have learned about Sade. But that didn't come around until you he was teaching, got out of St. He Ed's was teaching Caucasoid history. Yeah, you were teaching Caucasoid history over there. <laughs> we know Smooth Operator by Big Daddy Kane, just not. Okay, Sade. that's good. But the shot A. That's out of my jersey. I suggest you guys go down the rabbit hole, is all I'm saying. Actually, Can't learn the entire that. album <laughs> or your jobs are on the line. <laughs> <laughs> <Next. laughs> what? <laughs> I'm fucking around. They're gonna be writing think pieces about me. <laughs> Media mogul fires staff over Sade blind spot. Hey, mogul would be a strong word. <laughs> I just was trying to use Almond Brothers <laughs> derails Commander season. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I it kind of did. I hope I don't get cursed like Taylor Heineke. Not knowing IJS. No, yeah, I don't think this curse works the same way. I just think you don't get any girls from here on out. So, so basically the same. Sorry to say. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I was going to ask yeah. off the shot A thing. What what's the most nostalgic album or piece of of uh, music? Could be a song that brings you back to like a long a time moment. ago very strongly or a moment um, okay so yeah. i had a friend named patrick wilson i used to go to his house all the time and he had two sisters and they would watch mtv they were older than us and they were cool and yeah they were teens. they were cool like cool <laughs> angsty teens and we were the young like yeah. little grunt idiot like friends yeah and they were watching the music videos one day mm -hmm. and eve six inside out yep you remember that song yeah. i would swallow my pride yep mm-hmm that music video, for whatever reason, I can distinctly remember sitting out on their farm and watching that music video and being like, what a strange fucking... Did you like it? I did, but I didn't understand it. I was too young. I must have been what? Nine? I was thinking there was going to be like a Little League Baseball story. Well, Little League Baseball, yeah. um, high school baseball, we, John Deere Green is a song that Tyler Campbell, Ryan Caldwell, Trump, yep, and I, myself, yep, yep. we would make sure it played during pregame What did it read? Billy Bob Loves Billy Darlene. Bob loves Darlene. Darlene. Yeah. Charlene. Was it Charlene? Billy Bob Loves Charlene. And letters three foot high. And the whole town said the boys should have used red, but it looked good to Charlene. Mm -hmm, Charlene, not Darlene. Yeah, it was Charlene. You don't think it, there's not a lot of young Darlene's walking around? There are. They're out there. <laughs> no, it's more of a Charlene thing. You got to get out to Free Union. Charlene, there's a great song by Anthony Hamilton <laughs> called yeah, Charlene. Also a great song. Which is a great song. Woke up this morning, found the a letter, letter that she wrote. wrote. Hey. She, she said, said she's, she's tired, tired that, that she's always, always on, on the road. I'm always on the road. 
too hard to Never swallow. heard of that one either. Being, Being alone. alone. She needs someone at night that she can hold. 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 What about you, Matt? I must have told her a thousand times. Okay, we're not going to do the whole song. Nostalgic? I used to listen to the the LP of the Rolling Stones Sticky Fingers, like on a rec- actual yeah. record. Fingers. That is the most hipster nostalgic memory. That is a good one. I mean, if you He's were like, to We were listening one, to vinyl. Yeah. That's good. That's a fucking great album. I just learned how to use vinyl like last year. Weezer came out in 1996 or 95 or whatever it was. Mm. And I was listening to it on my disc man uh, at, in the cafeteria. And this girl, we were in fourth grade or something like that. I don't know if the years line up, but Dookie was also big at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, there was this girl that sat down and she was like one of my friends that was a girl, not a girlfriend. And she was telling me and like three guys about her period she got her first period oh. and i will always associate weezer with menstruation were you like say it ain't so <laughs> yeah i was like damn i had no idea that happens you did the whole mile today uh-huh. like that like honestly oh. st louis memorial award retroactive because <laughs> nobody knew she didn't know she was like what's going on and then she, <laughs> she the first thing she thought to do was to come tell me and adam carlson <laughs> At the cafeteria. I'm just trying to listen to my fucking disc, man. Now heavy shit. You know? If you want to destroy my lunchtime, <laughs> come tell me about a period. Anyways, mailbag. So, to deal with uh, that trauma, let's ask, uh, what's your favorite Zen? Oh, menthol. Wintergreen. No, Two I get cancers. the wintergreen when I dip. You know, I don't want the wintergreen when I... I, I like consistency. Yeah, menthol. Because sometimes if I go from wintergreen to mint, then I, I feel a little upset in my tummy. Somebody actually asked, the exact question was, uh, what flavor of Zen should they invent? Like what, like watermelon? Uh, orange. Salted caramel. Orange. Salted caramel, Kyle. Ugh. Yeah. I can't deal with the coffee one. Something Anything sweet. coffee flavored is great. It's and just They've got all the stuff that makes you go like, you know... Cooling, I guess. Maybe it's not that good of a question. Is there is there a Zen flavor though that uh, you tried and you, it surprised you? Is there a number of them out there, right? I haven't tried enough. Maybe if the if the viewers would send some in, we can taste test. <laughs> we'll do an, an a, you know a full we'll upper do a decker. Taste test we'll do a full in. upper decker. You got because you're supposed to put them up top. Oh, okay, yeah. Makes a lot of there's sense. There's no spit there. I don't know. There's no saliva there. Oh, that's interesting. Up top doesn't create saliva, I don't think. You're a smart boy. I think. You really are. <laughs> I learned a lot from you. I had an online coach that told me that one time. He's, <laughs> okay, he's dead. He's <laughs> <an> like <online laughs> you. Damn. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. But he was smart enough to identify the mic. You think he would like Zen? Oh, he would love Zen. Yeah, all online coaches are probably <laughs> yeah. oh, heavy oh. on the... Because you know who dips the most in America? O-line coaches. Football coaches. O-line, coach. O-line coaches are up there. Yes. Nonstop. That was from uh, Fanta Fanatic. Oh, nice. Um, thank you. I love Fanta. Don't you, you want, want, don't you want Fanta, one, Fanta. Kyle? That's another nostalgic music right there. Those well, commercials. Yeah. Also, music. Remember uh, MTV SummerSlam or whatever? Yeah, sure. Summer yeah. at Farmington Pool. Yeah. We'd be in there. Yeah. I'd be eating chicken Caesar wraps, watching whoever the fuck was hosting, being like, those guys look like they're having Chicken Caesar wraps. Yeah. Chicken I still Caesar eat those. Wraps. Yeah. I used to watch Total Recall. Or- 
Total Request Live at the same place. Total Request Live. The basement. We would watch that at home. Rap City. Rap City. Rap City. Just big ticket the basement. Yep. Uh, what is the Mendoza line for a player who can ask for an Aaron Rodgers jersey? Well, the first thing we need to do is establish which position. Like, if, if we're going to make a metric here, we need to use a position, right? Right. Uh, so let's use quarterback. Okay. Quarterback. I think anybody who's started a long time in the league and played him a number of times, you're okay to do that. Yeah? Yes. So Ryan Tannehill's fine? I think Tannehill, if they had a history or they knew each other, a lot of times guys are like trading jerseys because they went to high school together. I think or the Mendoza line. You think Tannehill's the Mendoza line? Yeah. Okay. Rookies or players in their first three I years. I think if in it's somebody league, in how division and, and you've started against them multiple years, multiple times. If yeah. they were to ask for a jersey, because yeah. they could see it as you're done. I yes. want a jersey from Aaron Rodgers at some point. Um, the move is to say no, but I'll send you one. I can't give you. Yeah, this I'm gonna one. get you one. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, James. It's somewhere north of Jameson Williams, <laughs> but I, far north. I'm not maybe all the way. I'm north. not begrudging the kid. No, fuck, man. He's a good player. It's a good opportunity. He's young. Well, yeah, he seemed you would land. He see, he was chill about it too. He was like, he laughed or something when Aaron was like, "Yeah, I might want to hold on to this one." Did you guys exchange jerseys when you played against each other? We did. We we didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I have a, a white ninety one. Nice. Yeah, mine's and a blue ninety one. Subsequently, yeah. I think mine's a white away game. Yeah, for me. Yeah, there you go. What's your Bevel Conway of a potential Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, lists right now. Oh, this is good. And then we can get Macon's opinion on uh, the freak show. But, um, yeah. Bevel Conway Super Bowl. So, like, people at home, we're going to name some teams here. We don't think that they're going to make the yeah, Super Bowl. We, we, yeah. But we think it's going it to be It's just really about cool. the uniforms. The I, Bevel Conway I is. I think a, the Giants and the Chargers could look super cool. I was cool. going to say Giants, Chargers, Chiefs. Giants, nobody in the Buccaneers. Niners, Chargers. Was, Niners, Chargers is the answer. one. There was a Niners, Chargers Niners, Super Chargers Bowl, and it was the, the, one. one of the most beautiful Super Bowls of all time. And it was still the Chargers, uh, they wore dark it. blue. Or did they wear, um, they wore white. I think they wore dark blue. Yeah, in, in that Super 95, Bowl. 95, Super Bowl, that gorgeous out. Super yeah. Bowl. Just gorgeous. Now, Miami's got some gorgeous uniforms. If they were the throwbacks, Miami throwbacks in the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, my God. Or the, the Miami. Yeah, oh, my goodness. This one's a tough one. Most heartbreaking sports moment. And we were, we were interested to learn as non-professional athletes earlier that you guys actually care about the fans sometimes. We do. I feel bad for fans sometimes. I do. Another wild card moment. Um you know, uh, that I failed to mention was when the uh, Browns, just thinking about fan bases I feel bad about, the Browns, now especially, they beat the doors off of Pittsburgh in the wild card round a couple of years ago in That's 2021 right. or 2020. 20, yep. Um, and 17-years before that, the Steelers had a 17-point comeback against the Browns in the wild card round. So that was payback. How are things now, Cleveland? For me, it's any time, uh, like when Kobe passed. Yeah. Um, 
I don't remember exactly where I was or anything like that. But I, <laughs> I know where I was. I, was yeah. I, re- I remember exactly where I was. Yep. Like I, I just remember, I just remember the re- the immediate reaction to it. Um, you know, people that these fans become so like they get to know these people like they're their own best friends and their own right. idols in, in a close, intimate way. And then you lose a guy like that without any closure. That was really hard. Um, and then I think about another heartbreaking thing was 20, I forget what year it was, 2016, 2017, Zach Miller broke his leg in New Orleans. Right. And um, I was there on the field watching him. Like, I was there to go celebrate the touchdown. Yeah. Ended up being a non-touchdown. Um, and it was the last play he ever played. And, you know, watching him re- rehab yeah. back. But, I mean, like, as a fan seeing that and then – the news that came out the next day, like he's still in New Orleans, yeah, clotting in his leg. This shit was terrible. Yeah, he almost lost his leg. So I mean, it was kind of akin to nothing as serious as last week, but it's akin to fans feeling the pain of somebody else. I guess I'll I'll go with the 2001 World Series. <laughs> Which one? Luis Gonzalez yep. singles up the middle. Oh, the bloop to beat the, the Yankees. Leader. Well, it was That's hard to follow that. I mean, yeah, it was like Kobe and a guy almost loses his leg. I'm like, yeah, well, the Yankees lost. And uh, was that Aaron Boone? Yeah, well, Boone for me, that was the end of my Yankees fandom. I just had enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not on board the Yankees anymore? Fuck no, dude. I was like, at that point, it was just like. so much fun, though. Being a baseball fan wasn't. Uh, the Yankees wasn't the convenient for the high school me. The Yankees are the Cowboys. Right, exactly. Yeah, I didn't want to be the 13-year-old with, um, at that point I was 16, but there was still time. With the Yankees hat? With the Yankees, the Lakers, the Cowboys, and like, you know, that whole thing on your header. You don't want to be that person. You were the Knicks, the Panthers. Knicks, Panthers, Yankees, and Pittsburgh Penguins, and that's the problem because the Pittsburgh Penguins were good. What a strange array of teams. Well, Kyle, you know I was displaced. I liked Brett Favre a lot. The Bonnaroo lineup came out our today, your yesterday. Yes. If it's your first Bonnaroo summer, yes. What are two do's and what what are two don'ts at Bonnaroo Music Festival? Man, do be nice to the staff. They're amazing people. They have to deal with uh, some crazy shit, right? You know, just people probably littering a lot too. of drugs, a um, lot of littering. If you get a chance to talk to some of the people that work at you know these uh, concerts, a lot of them are offensive linemen and like defensive linemen. From uh, actually, they play all the positions. Uh, they, they, a lot of these uh, schools around Bonnaroo, the kids will work Bonnaroo in the summer mm-hmm. uh, wow. before. So, like, I met a bunch of college football players there. So, take time to talk to the staff. They're interesting, uh, hardworking people. Hydrate. Hydrate. It's really hot. Kyle didn't even go to the festival. It's a good reminder. <laughs> Mix in a water. It's like a hundred degrees. Um, Do you have to bring you- all your supplies with you, or can you get some stuff there? Yeah, you can get stuff there, but I would bring supplies. I would, I would definitely bring supplies. I'm I, ru- I, I meant drugs. Oh, drugs. Yeah, you, you can bring your drugs. You can get drugs there. You can bring your drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. I was going to ask about actual supplies. Do you bring your burner stove? You know, your Chris little stove. Do you down there? Uh, dude, I got to be honest. Since I've been going to Bonnaroo, I'm at an age, and I'm going <laughs> with you know some my wife and some some of her friends and my friends. So we kind of we don't really rough it. Yeah, we we got a, a nice Clamping. little bus. 
Yeah, we're glamping for sure. I would bring earplugs because at night, not that they're going to do anything, but the sound checks start early in the morning and you're out right. there sleeping outside. Um, you know, go go to the silent disco. That shit's trippy. It's really it's trippy. Fun. It's really fun. And, and I take feel your like headphones off and look around. And just see all these people vibing, yep. but everyone's moving differently. And yep. it's cool when you meet somebody, like maybe you go there, you know, by yourself or one or two other people yep. and you're just dancing and you meet someone you don't know and you happen to be on the same Absolutely. station. Same station. Like, all same right. Fucking, well, it's a great way to make friends, you know, go to the silent disco. Um, make sure you, 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 you figure, <laughs> you figure out the stages. Cause they're all like this tent, that tent, what tent, it's which Coachella, t- right? Then it's Coachella essentially. No, Bonnaroo is different from a brand standpoint. It's more like Southern hippie. Oh, okay. Um, uh, okay. and, and now like there was a, there was like a, a long, it started out like, wasn't it jam bands in the beginning? Yeah. It was just jam bands. A lot of jam bands, a lot of, uh, so, you know, like. It's a big field in Manchester, Tennessee. I love Odessa. Okay, Kyle, see? There you go. Um, I had a list for you, Kyle. Of, I, uh, love, I love Tyler Childers. I love My Morning Jacket. I don't know Lewis the Child. Um, okay, so the Pixies, Warren. Revolution, uh, MMJ, Childers, Fleet Foxes, 3-6 Mafia, Portugal the Man, Wolf Peck, Kendrick Lamar. Portugal the Man. Yes. Not the country. No. But either will do. I it's it's a really fun festival, Kyle. It's Morgan not, it's, Wade is really good. It's There's different than yeah. They had me in the first half with that one. What Morgan Wade? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, phew. Morgan Wade is good. Uh, so so um, yeah. Like I don't know. I I used to go for three four nights. Uh, now I'll be lucky to get two. But I'm gonna go. So Kyle, you should go. Kyle, we saw this video last night. What are your thoughts on the Bears' stadium renovations to, uh, in Soldier Field? I could not have been happier to see that there was at least rendering showing uh, a non-Arlington Heights move. I mean, there's no way I can see the Chicago Bears not playing in their current location. And for them to in- enclose Soldier Field in the way that they have... I know the domes are a hot topic on this uh, podcast and many other podcasts, as they should be. Um, but this is fabulous, the way they did it. And also, if you notice, there's a place called Long Pour in there. Long um, Pour, yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. the name of the bar. Uh, some of the stat lines are really outdated. They had Jordy Nelson on there. Um, I think Colin Kaepernick was on there as well for some of the stat lines on here. I just can't help but notice uh, a lot of this uh, revolves around the veterans. And, you know, showing respect to the veterans. Veterans don't, they play outside, don't they? They also play inside. They only play outside. No, they fight inside. Yeah, but mostly they fight outside. They mostly fight inside in the movies. They fight inside. Well, yeah, you're right. They fight inside. (laughs) Where do you think drum drum They don't, they don't get, the veterans, they don't, oh, you're going to dome for the football players, but not the veterans? (laughs) Sleeping out there in Afghanistan, it's fucking cold. But... It's cold you know at how night? much good food is going to be here? They're talking about it's going to be a, a culinary experience like none other. Like nobody else has imagined in Chicago. Obviously, for people who haven't been to Chicago, I think it's the best city in the summer and in the fall. Go watch a Bears game. If you get an opportunity in the summer, go watch a Cubs game or a White Sox game. But I think this is going to be it. They have the colonnades up still. 
it's iconic and it keeps the old feel of it um and you have to wait until the end of this video to actually see where they show the field view of it and it's actually pretty cool it looks exactly like soldier i mean it's soldier field 2.0 again marcus luttrell lines up his shot but there's too much wind <laughs> all right <laughs> go bear <laughs> see ya